Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Bible tells us 2 Chronicles chapter 23, verse number 9. Moreover, Jehoiada the priest delivered to the captains of hundreds spears and bucklers and shields that had been King David's, which were in the house of God. Moreover, Jehoiada the priest delivered the captains of hundreds spears bucklers and shields that had been King David's which were in the house of God with the help of the Holy Ghost tonight I want to preach to you from this thought the old weapons still work the old weapons still work hallelujah hallelujah now what I want us to do since we've prayed we're going we're going you ain't got to lift your hands or nothing I, I want I want us to just close our eyes and I want you to thank the Lord now for what he has already done and what he's about to do thank you Jesus thank you Lord for what you're doing Lord thank you Jesus for what's about to happen in this house thank you Lord for what you're about to do at Medora Pentecostal Church thank you Lord Jesus for your word tonight God thank you Lord Jesus we love you Lord we love you Jesus we love you Jesus hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah. You can be seated tonight in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. This same account that I've read in 2 Chronicles chapter 23 is also found in 2 Kings chapter number 11. Beginning in that chapter, the very first verse, it begins to tell us a story uh, it's a very interesting story I came across quite some time back, and I, the Lord had this stirred up in me today. The Bible tells us that when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the seed royal. Athaliah uh, is the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. How many of you guys know Ahab and Jezebel? Uh, Ahab and Jezebel had Athaliah. They have since been removed from the, the storyline here, and their daughter is still apparently seeking after power. She gets it honestly from her mama's side, uh, willing to do whatever it takes and to kill whoever she's got to kill to be the one in control. Uh, and her son, Ahaziah the king, has been executed by Jehu. And when she sees that her son has died, there's a spark in her that says, this is my moment. This is my chance. It's time for me now to be the one that sits on the throne. And she, she goes so far to make that a reality. She's willing to kill her own grandchildren. 
She's willing to murder her whole family, the lineage of David. She decides, I'm going to kill every one of them that I can because I want power. And in verse 2, Jehosheba, the daughter of King Joram, the sister of Ahaziah, uh, takes Joash, who was the son of King Ahaziah, stole him from among the king's sons, which were slain. And they hid him, even him and his nurse, in the bedchamber from Athaliah, so that he was not slain. He was with her hid in the house of the Lord for six years, and Athaliah did reign over the land. I'm, I'm doing this little bit of reading right here, and then we're going to hit this, all right? I promise you. The seventh year of Jehoiada, uh, he sent and fetched the rulers over hundreds with the captains and the guard, brought them to him into the house of the Lord and made a covenant with them and took an oath of them in the house of the Lord and shewed them the king's son. Up to this moment, up to this point, for the last six years, going into seven years, everybody believed that all of the lineage of David had been slain. Nobody, there was no hope in the land. Everybody thought that Athaliah was it. There was no alternative. There's no other direction we can go. She killed all of the seed royal. There's nobody left. And, and here comes Jehoiada the priest after six years of hiding Joash, he brings out this child and says, here is the anointing. This is the king. This is the one that needs to be on the throne. We've hid him in the temple all of this time up until this moment right now because now is the time for us to make this happen. Now is the time. It's not gonna be another year from now, another five years from now. We've got to do this now. Athaliah, that, that, that Jezebel spirit has got to be removed off of the throne and we've got to put this child on that throne what they did not know, what they had no idea of at that time was that they were holding the very lineage of Jesus Christ in their hand. They were holding the bloodline of Jesus Christ in their hand and said, we gotta get the blood back where it's supposed to be. We've gotta get the anointing back to where it is supposed to be. And they began to sit down and make plans together in verse number five, he commands them saying, this is the thing you're gonna do. A third part of you that enter in on the Sabbath shall even be keepers of the watch of the king's house. Another third part of you are gonna be at the gate of Sir, and another third part of you at the gate behind the guard. So shall you keep the watch of the house that it be not broken down. Two parts of you that go forth on the Sabbath, even they shall keep the watch of the house of the Lord about the king, and ye shall compass the king round about. I want you to surround this child. I want you to circle him and to protect him and, and no matter what comes at him to destroy him, no matter what comes at the anointing, no matter what comes at the revival, no matter what comes at the reviving this nation needs, I want you to protect him with your life. I want you to do whatever it takes to keep him safe. Verse number nine, the captains over the hundreds did according to all things that Jehoiada the priest commanded. They took every man his men that were to come in on the Sabbath with them that should go out on the Sabbath and came to Jehoiada the priest. Now right here, I believe it's not in scripture, but, but I, I kind of have this feeling there was a conversation that took place here. They started looking around. 
They, they understand this is going to be a process. We're, we're going to have to work towards this. There's a, there's a plan being put into place. We're, we're going to have to take some time to be strategic with this. I, I, I feel that right now in the Holy Ghost in this time that we are in, in the generation we are in. We can't just nonchalantly go through having church and having relationship with God. We've got to be strategic. We, we've got to plan these things ahead. We, we've got to know that I'm going to be praying. We've got to know that I'm going to be instilling the work and the labor and the sacrifice that is necessary to keep this thing moving. I've got to be strategic with it. And yet these men are standing around and they're excited about the plan. They're excited about what Jehoiada the priest is telling them. We're going to get the throne where he's supposed to be. We're going to get that anointing where it's supposed to be. But then they begin to look around and they realize, you know, we got all these great plans and and we've got all, all these great ambitions of things that we want to do. But, but Jehoiada, here's the problem. Ain't none of us got swords. Ain't none of us got shields. Ain't none of us got bucklers. Ain't none of us prepared for the war that we're about to engage in to get the anointing where it's supposed to be. And so they begin to look around and, 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 and maybe they even talk about, you know, we don't have time to fashion our own new weapons because they've not been proven. We, we, we don't have time to sit down and to shape and to form new weapons that, that we think will work, but they've not been tried. They've not been proven. They've never been into war before, and we, we really don't know if they're going to work or not. So I really don't want to invest a whole lot of time into something new that we don't know if it works. I don't really want to do that. And, and, and to be honest, I don't want to go out here and use the weapons that the enemy's using. I don't want to go out here and borrow the weapons from the armory of the same, the same enemy we're about to slay to get the anointing where it's supposed to be. I'm going to tell you right now, the last place the church needs to be is accepting information and accepting advice from the world on how we should have church. The last thing we need to do is accept information and advice and counsel from the world on how we apostolics should be having church. The last thing we apostolics need to do is look to the charismatic movement on how we should have church. We are the original church. They took what they've got from us. We don't need to turn it around and now try to take what they've got so that we can say we're having good church. They may have performance, but we've got power. They may have performance, but we got Pentecost. We've got the real thing. I don't need the weapons from the world. I don't need the tactics of the world on how to have good church. All I need is an elder in my life. I need a man of God behind the pulpit, and I need an altar that I can get in and begin to pray Pentecost down. I'm a fan, y'all. I, I am. I'm a fan of some of these new songs, the ones that glorify God. I'm not so much a fan of these Jesus is my boyfriend songs. I, I'm really not. I, I, I'll just be honest with you. Some of these groups that are coming out with these songs, all they're doing is making money off of it. That's all it is. We don't have time. As I was praying, the Lord was bringing this out to me. The urgency that I've been talking about in these, these, these series of services we've been in, the urgency of the hour that we are in, 
We don't have time to sit down and to try to manufacture and to shape and to form weapons uh, that, that will fit our generation that have never been proven that have never been used, they've never been tried, they've never been put into battle, things that we think would work against us. I'll be honest, I've seen it happen a whole lot here lately when, when, when Pentecost does decide to start making and, 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 and forming their own weapons. We, we, we're, we're fighting spiritual things by natural means. That's the problem. I don't want to, I've said it before, I don't want to fight depression with more antidepressants. I need to grab a hold to a weapon that has been tried and proven and be able to use that against that spirit of depression that's coming into my life. I don't want to try to sit down and draw up a blueprint of what I think will work and what I can shape out of my own carnal nature. I want to be able to tap into holy things. Jehoiada the priest is standing there as these guys are discussing, we can't go make new weapons. We don't have enough time, honestly. Even if the new weapons were going to work, we don't have enough time to, to make them and, and, and to go through that long, drawn-out process of, of, of welding and, and setting the, the blades perfectly and preparing them because we, we've got to get this king to the throne now. We can't wait another seven years or six years. We, we've got to do this now. Jezebel's had the throne for too long. And we can't go and ask the enemy if we can use what they got because they're against us. And so Jehoiada's sitting there and a light bulb goes off. And he says, you know what? I think the best thing that we can do is take a tour down memory lane. <laughs> There's a room here in the house of the Lord that generations have dedicated to all the battles that we have won, all the wars that we have fought and God allowed us to be victorious. There's a reason why those weapons in that room are not hanging up in the walls and in the, the museums of the enemy. It's because we won every one of them. And it's the weapons that have been proven and the weapons that were used by the elders and those that came before us that worked. So I think maybe what we should do instead of shaping our own and, and trying to, to, to make them and form them the way we want them to and using the enemy's weapon, why don't we go back and use the same weapons grandma and granddaddy used? Why, why don't we go back there and start looking around at what King David used so many years ago to fight against the Philistines and the Amorites and, and the, the Jebusites and, and all of the ites, the parasites, all of them, Lord. I want to go back there and I, I want to take a tour of the weapons that they used to fight that enemy and they won every time. They never lost a battle. They never came home discouraged with their head down. But there's a room back there dedicated to all the victories that we have made it through with you on our side God that room right there is the answer for the hour the struggle that I feel that we are in in this time in this generation is that we do have a room available and unfortunately we are the ones that have used that room as an antique tour we love, we, we love to take a tour down memory lane about how, how the church used to be, how they used to shout, how they used to run, 
how they used to pray and how they used to fast. And man, I remember stories of how my granddaddy did this and my grandmama did this. And, and we love talking about that room back there, but don't none of us go back there and grab the weapon to use it ourselves. Don't none of us go back there into that room and say, hey, uh, instead of just reminiscing of how good things used to be, uh, let me grab a hold of the weapon my granddaddy used uh, and see if it will work for me. You know, going back there looking around and, and looking at, at the, the swords hanging there from generations ago that, that used to fight sexual immorality because I'm gonna tell you, that's been existent since the beginning of time. The weapons that were used against oppression and bitterness, the weapons that were used against warfare from the enemy, that, that spiritual warfare that takes place, my Lord, the adversary creeping into the church, all these weapons, they, I, I, here, here's, here's BV imagination right here. Huh. I'm walking into that room and looking around and these weapons have still got scratches on them. Some of these, some of these swords have got blood stains still stuck to them. Some of these shields are battered and bruised and dented in from how many times that enemy wailed on them and beat them and, 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 and bruised them and tore them down and yet, yet they came out victorious anyways. All of these weapons are hanging there because they worked. But God forgive us that we, we are the ones that set that room up so nicely so professionally to tell all the world about what Pentecost used to be. But we never equip ourselves with the same things that they did to experience the God that they got to experience. We're too busy manufacturing and shaping our own ways of having church because back then those weapons were used when revival was not based on convenience. Oh, Lord Jesus. The old paths, the good old paths, wandering, sitting around, thinking, my Lord Jesus, these same battles that we're fighting right now, and I, I, I felt the Lord speak, to, speak this to me in prayer this morning. There are young ladies, there are young ladies in this generation fighting that depression so hard and so heavy. And what we're not realizing is that that same depression we are fighting now was existent 50 years ago and 60 years ago and 70 years ago. And there are women of God that went down in history for being able to overcome that. And the same weapon that they used to overcome it then is, is available for access right now. I have the ability through the Holy Ghost to tap into the same victory they had 60 years ago to use right now in 2023 to overcome the same battle. That addiction, that addiction that they struggled with 60 years ago, 70 years ago, and they were able to fight it and to be victorious over it. I have the same access to God today to beat that devil down and to be delivered from that addiction. But the question is, have I become too lethargic and too apathetic 
pathetic to sit back and to expect somebody else to deliver me and to expect somebody else to save me rather than walking into that room and realizing all I got to do is grab a hold of grandmama's sword and take it to war like she did. Grab a hold of granddaddy's sword and take it to war like he did. He was faithful to God. He died a holy man. He struggled a lot. He battled with tobacco. He battled with alcohol. He battled with cigarettes and cigars. But I'm going to tell you, he had a hold of the right weapon that was handed down to him. And he fought that devil. And he beat that devil. I don't have to struggle with that. I can go get the same weapon he had and fight that devil myself. And to be honest, I know there's scripture that talks about David going into the the temple and hiding from Saul. And and he says, I need a weapon. I need a weapon. Give me something. And the scripture goes on to tell us that the priest tells him, you know, we've got the sword of Goliath sitting back here wrapped up in, in a linen. And David says, give me that sword because there ain't none like it. Ain't none like it. And I just got this feeling David may have never even had to use that sword again. When he walked out of that temple and he had that thing strapped to his side, he walked up to an adversary. They, somebody tried to start stepping up to him. Give me your money, man. Give me your lunch money. All he had to do was pull his coat back and let them see. You see this? I've slain giants with this. Don't mess with me. That's the same way the Lord wants some of us here tonight to be is to strap on that same weapon that my grandmama used and beat the devil with. And when he comes knocking on my door, I say, guess what, devil? I got a hold of the same thing she did. It's already beat you once. You might as well step away before you get beat again. I don't, I don't want to embarrass you, but, but I will if I need to. You ain't got no business in my home. You ain't got no business in my family. You ain't got no business in my finances. You ain't got no business in my health. I've got the weapon to beat you. I've already been there, and I've already done that. And I found that weapon that was hiding in a prayer room somewhere that I grabbed a hold of, and I'm ready to fight you tooth and nail if I I have to. Those old weapons. Y'all, I'm, I've talked about my grandma and my grandpa a lot. I'll just be honest with y'all. I was raised by baby boomers, but I sat down at that, that table over there with some traditionalists long enough that I feel like I got enough traditionalists in me that the baby boomers just kind of fades out. <laughs> God help the millennials. <laughs> Lord. But sitting down at that table hearing them testimonies about the faith, the faith that they had. If, if you got sick, it was either God healed you or you died. That was it. There was no Blue Cross Blue Shield. There wasn't a doctor that could come and fix your boo-boos. And if he was, he was going to have to ride a horse for six hours to get to you. 
It was either you showed up to church with that ailment and you believed and had faith that God could heal you right then or you died and got put six feet under. And there's testimony after testimony after testimony of, of, of faithful saints that had enough faith in them that drove them to the house of God when they were hurting, when they were tired, when they had been so busy they had all kinds of other stuff going on and they got to the church house anyways. And because of that faith, God healed them right there that night night and they walked away and gave that testimony to everybody else where's that today where, where's that where is that today God help us help us to have the faith of our elders get deep in our spirit that says I don't care what it is I don't care how distracted I am I don't care how inconvenient it is I gotta get to the house of God and get a healing my grandmother told me stories about and my mom actually told me this story too. My cousin, who's the same age roughly as my mom, he, uh, he was riding a horse on our farm and I think he smacked the horse. I don't know what he did. He was dumb. The horse bucked him. He fell off and he, his head hit this boulder right on the ground. He went out instantly. And my mom and a couple of other cousins were right there and they picked him up. They carried him down to my grandmother's house. Blood just, y'all know when, when you get a head wound, it just keeps going. My mom told me that it was so bad that it was, it was pulsing with his heartbeat. It was so bad. Blood just going everywhere. They picked him up and carried him to the house and they laid him up on the counter. He's out of it. They're crying because he, they think he's about to die. My grandmother comes in, and in that, that, that moment, there, there, was no, there was no other way to do this. She looked around, and she realized how bad it was. I, I don't have time to call somebody to come and get him. I don't have time to call an ambulance. I mean, he's bleeding out right now. He's going to die right here. And, and without hesitation, without hesitation, it was not a second thought. She didn't go reaching for the ibuprofen. She didn't go reaching for, for, for peroxide or for alcohol and for towels. She didn't go reaching for anything else. There was one thing she reached for. She threw her hand back and she said, in the name of Jesus, the blood has to stop. She laid her hand on his head and my mama stood right there and watched the blood stop instantly. He opened up his eyes and he said, what happened? And she said, you just got healed in the name of Jesus. My God, we still have access to the name. We still have power in the name, but we've got to start applying it. we got to start using it like what it was meant for. When the devil comes knocking in the name of Jesus, when the addiction starts creeping in in the name of Jesus, when the doctor says it's cancer in the name of Jesus, when I'm bleeding and I don't know how to stop the bleeding in the name of Jesus, there is power in the name. We were in a service. Y'all, I don't know if y'all have ever been in a service like this, but the worship team is singing. And man, the preacher was preaching. And you could hear a rat licking ice in the back of the church. And I'm going to tell y'all, that church, I knew some stuff that was going on. They needed a breakthrough. Bad. Lord have mercy, they needed it. Sister Janie Sue needed one real bad. They needed a breakthrough and what nobody moving. 
nothing happened. Some families had suffered loss. One family just got bad, a bad report from the doctor. Some of the elders had gotten bad reports. There were financial crises on the left and on the right in that church. And every, every person in that church needed a breakthrough. There was not one person sitting there that was like, man, you know, my life is good. I ain't worried about nothing. Everybody in that church needed a breakthrough. And with nobody moving. You want to know the most dangerous thing that I've heard about uh, climbing up Mount Everest is that eventually when hypothermia starts setting in, you reach a point where you've become so cold that you feel warm. They have found half-naked bodies on that mountain, which makes no sense whatsoever to the human mind, except that when you reach such a cold place, you start feeling comfortable. You feel like everything's good. You start feeling hot even, like the fire is close. <laughs> and then you start stripping down and it causes you to die even faster. That church was dead. The pastor just kept preaching. Sometimes that's what us preachers got to do. Just got to keep preaching. <laughs> and out of nowhere with no music, Lord have mercy, no music. Nobody was on the piano. Nobody was on the organ. Nobody was doing any of that. This 92-year-old man grabs his walker. He comes out from the side aisle over here and he gets in the altar and he starts doing a jig on his walker. He began to do that and all of a sudden Sister Janie Sue that needed the breakthrough, she come out with her cane. All the young people looking around like, what these old people think they're doing? What in the world they think they're doing? This ain't the kind of service to be doing that. Ain't nobody playing the music. Ain't nobody playing the drums. Ain't nobody on the guitar. We ain't got the lights set. We don't have the mood set for this type of move of God. And that older lady, Janie Sue, got out and she began to scream. She began to throw her hair around. My God, the bobby pins took off flying and all of a sudden the atmosphere broke the church stood up and everybody got out of their seat and began to worship and there were miracles that happened that night God moved he healed cancer that brother threw his walker off and he took off leaping and running 92 years old in the altar and all it took was that weapon of praise it's a weapon of praise deep down inside of you if you're struggling right now you gotta praise if you're battling right now you gotta praise if you're in debt, if you're financially insecure, you gotta praise. If the cancer's there, you gotta praise. When money gets funny, you don't sit down on the pew and wait for somebody to bless you. You get up and start blessing the Lord, and then God will turn it back on you. Oh Lord Jesus, lift your hands right now. I feel the Holy Ghost right there. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, 
Lord, I remember watching my grandmama come into the church. She came in. She had hurt her back. She couldn't even stand up straight. She was walking into the church like this right here. Little steps all the way to the front pew. All of a sudden, the music got started. They started singing one of them old hymnals. My God, sometimes we need to go back a little bit and rewind it and engage it into what they were able to worship with. She got down, and then she stood up with her little feet and started dancing. And all of a sudden, I remember seeing her. Oh God, she started straightening up and before I knew it, she was high-stepping in the altar. The Lord healed her in her praise. Healed her in her praise because she had the weapon. She knew this is what will work. It's not gonna be something I do on my own, but it's something I saw my mama do. It's something I saw my grandmama do. And I think if I do it, that he'll heal me too. I think if I can tap into it, that he'll deliver me too. I think that if I use it like she did, God will heal me. Oh, Lord Jesus. Ah. Oh, God. Somebody wants to come back to the music. We go, Lord Jesus. I'm telling you, as I was praying today, praying this morning, I was pacing back and forth once again. I said, God, oh, this generation, Lord, how, how are we going to battle this stuff? How? How is it that we're going to come against the spirits of this time, the spirits of this age? How is it that we're going to fight this mess? And the Lord took me all the way back to 2 Corinthians. <laughs> Chapter number 10, verse number four. Actually, I'm gonna start at verse number three. For though we walk in the flesh, uh-huh. woo, for though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. These weapons that we got to tap into, I'm going to tell y'all, those sisters, those, those sisters that got down, Lord have mercy. I remember showing up to services sometimes. Everybody, once again, everybody needed the breakthrough. Everybody, everybody needed the push. Everybody needed the move of God. And you know what they did? Some of them elder ladies had to set an example for the younger ladies. And they showed up to church 45 minutes before church, an hour before church. And all they did was they got in the altar. All they did was they began to start praying in the Holy Ghost. All they did was begin to speak in a heavenly language. My Lord Jesus. And all they were doing was saying, God, set the tone. Lord, set the tone for miracles tonight. We need a breakthrough. Those grandmamas were praying for their daughter. They were praying for their grandchildren. They were praying for the next generations to come. And you know the crazy thing? We'll never know their name. They were never in the spotlight. They were never behind the pulpit. They were never the ones, never the ones that wanted everybody to know their name. But they decided in themselves, I got to do something to keep this thing moving. Oh, it's inconvenient. I, I've, been, I've, been, I've been slaving all day. I was up working with the, the, the heifers and the pigs. I was up there dealing with the garden. I got home and had to can some stuff. I, I had to cook breakfast early this morning for my husband. I had to take care of the kids today. I had to go out there and check on the yard. I had to clean the house today. I had to cook lunch. Then I had to cook supper. I barely had enough time to pray today. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I've had a lot going on. But something tells me... I got to get to the house of God because there's a weapon waiting on me to fight the devil tomorrow. There's a weapon waiting on me to fight the devil next week. There's a weapon waiting on me to give to my babies so that they can fight the devil too. 
God, God give me a weapon like oh, Brother Seymour had in Azusa Street when he stuck his head in a shoebox. There was no pride, it was just humility. Stuck his head in a shoebox and prayed until the glory fell. Give me, Lord, the weapons of the Bishop Walls, the Bishop McCools, the Bishop Hammonds, the Bishop Bishops. Give, give me the weapons of G.T. Haywood. Give me the weapons of these men that tapped into something. It's not outdated. I'm, I promise you, you can walk into the room of Pentecost where we've got all these fancy decorations. We love to walk around and portray how entitled we are to the good old days of Pentecost. But ain't none of us used to using any of it. Oh, tell me the story about this one. Well, let me tell you the history of the apostolic archive right here. This date and this person happened here and miracles such and such happened here. Well, uh, here's my question. When was the last time you used it and had the same miracles? Oh, well, I, uh, uh, um, uh, it just, it, the, the price is too much. It costs too much. It takes too much time. It takes too much money. It's so inconvenient to have revival now. The musicians were off key. Musicians, Brother Austin, don't get mad at me. I've been to many places, I'm telling you. This is exactly what breaks it. When the Holy Ghost gets to moving and people are starting to reach out for that weapon, all of a sudden the drummer gets off beat. All of a sudden you got half the church clapping on one and three and the other half clapping on two and four and somebody needs to be saved. All of a sudden, you got Sister Janie. I keep, I, I love using Sister Janie Sue because she needed a breakthrough really bad. Sister Janie Sue got so concerned with the temperature in the church, she couldn't have a breakthrough. Oh, Lord Jesus. These weapons that God has given from generation to generation are not contingent upon convenience. They are not contingent upon your lifestyle. They hold the power in themselves. We need a generation. Oh God. We need a generation that's able to tap into the line of prayer that has not been visited in many years. We went to a church in Mississippi. I ain't gonna say the name because we on camera. I'm just gonna tell you. <laughs> went to a church in Mississippi. Got there and I asked the pastor I, before services, about 45 minutes before service, I felt the Lord wanted to do a work so strong in that church. I said, Pastor, where's the prayer room? He said, well, it's back behind the stage. Here's the key. You keep it locked? Yeah. We ain't used it in a while. All right. That was a little weird, but we'll, we'll do it anyways. We'll go back here. I stuck that key in that knob. I turned it. As soon as I walked in, I could smell the emptiness. I could smell that nobody had been in that room in years. I cut the light on right next to me and there's cobwebs everywhere. I, I'm under the impression the program is not our performance. The program has always been prayer. If we want revival, it's gonna take prayer. 
There's no amount of practice or performance we can do to shift God's mentality on how he gives revival. The only way revival has ever happened throughout the years, the only way God has moved throughout the years was because a people began to pray. That was it. I walked into that room, cobwebs everywhere. You know what? Forget it. I ain't got a problem with spiders. Some of you probably arachnophobics, but it didn't bother me. There was a couple of millipedes and centipedes crawling under. That might get me. I don't know. I walked over there anyways. I said, Lord, I don't care how dusty, I don't care how bad it is in here. I got to pray because I feel like you want to do something in this place. I got down on my knees. I dirtied up the knees of my brand new suit that I had on that night. Oh, Lord, have mercy. But before I got, before I kneeled down on that altar, I took my finger and I run my finger across that altar and there was about an inch of dust all the way down. Just a couple of moments before I went into that room, that pastor said, we need revival. Preacher, give us revival. I wish that I could do that because I would be on demand big time preaching if I could just show up at a church and give it. But if the church is unwilling to wield the weapons, there ain't nothing I can bring to the church that's going to change their mind. You want to know what I believe? The history, 109 years, right? 109 years. You want to know what generations have done in this church? You ain't going to make me sick today. That headache ain't going to keep me from church today. Uh, Lord, ain't nobody else moving in the church, but we're going to have church anyway. Uh, oh, Lord Jesus. You want to know what that generation did before they died? They got down and they sharpened it. They got down and they studied. They got down and they read in the word. They got down and they fasted for days, hours. They didn't fast from one one little snack bar. They didn't fast from a Kit Kat. They didn't fast from Coca-Cola for 24 hours. They pushed the plate back for days. Sharpening that weapon for you. Oh my God. Sharpening that weapon for me. Every time, every time I think of my grandmother and my grandfather, how much they they had a reason. They had every excuse not to go to church. They had every excuse to say, we just got to stay home. Money's tight. Things aren't working right. Everything's falling apart. And my granddaddy threw on his white shirt anyways. God, my grandmother threw on her holy attire because I believe holiness is another weapon that we can use in this generation. I'm talking about holiness on the outside and a good attitude on the inside. That generation sitting down taking that sword. How many devils I killed with this? How many times I scared the devil with this weapon right here? and then handing it to the next generation. The story that we opened with, I'm getting ready to open this thing up, my Lord, the story that we opened with tonight. The story goes on to tell us that with those weapons, they they walked into that, that, that tour of antiques. Nobody wants to use them anymore because they're outdated. Nobody wants to use them anymore because that's old school. We like new school, not old school. Old school's just... 
It's not hip, man. It just don't fit the times. There's, there's no, it's nothing fit the trend of today, man. I like the new flashy stuff. We can fight the enemy with the flashy stuff, but the flashy stuff ain't been proven. That stuff has been. That stuff worked. That stuff still got blood on it from the enemy that they beat. You need to get over the fact that you think it's outdated and outtrended and the fact that it just doesn't work in today's generation because times are different and culture's different and we got technology that they didn't have back then. None of that mattered. None of that caused those weapons to be imbalanced. Those weapons, those old school weapons, generations even before Bishop Walls, are exactly what we need right now for the revival that we are needing so desperately in this generation. I said it Sunday morning, I'll say it again. If we want to see the latter rain revival, we gotta get to where the former rain was first. I gotta learn how to have a prayer life like they had. I gotta learn how to fast like they did. I gotta learn how to stop complaining about church. They grabbed those weapons. They circled the anointing. They circled Joash and they went up into that palace. You know what made them confident? It wasn't their own skill. It wasn't their own ability. It was the weapon they carried. <laughs> they slayed every guard. They slayed every adversary that was threatening the anointing. That was threatening revival. They got into the throne room. They set Joash on the throne and they said, long live the king. And in that moment, the bloodline was reinstated to bring about the greatest king that ever was. And all because of people, all because mamas and daddies, all because men and women decided we're going to go back to the room where our grandparents used and we're going to grab a hold to them and we're going to keep this thing moving forward. We're going to keep having church. We're going to keep having revival. Athaliah, that, that, that daughter of Jezebel, she, oh Lord, the problem with Jezebel, that it, 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 it will pass on to the next generation if it's not dealt with, first of all. That manipulation, that control. Jezebel didn't have a problem with preachers. Her problem was with preachers she couldn't control. That was her problem. Athaliah comes in screaming, treason, treason. Man, hush. <laughs> You never had authority. You never had, I wish somebody would tell Jezebel that right now. You never had authority. You never had power. You never had place. You may have thought that you were in control, but you never had the power. You never had the authority. And she got slayed right there and the kingdom began to move forward. There's some weapons. As I prayed this morning, I was walking. I said, Lord, set some weapons in this altar today, tonight. The weapons that this church needs, specific situations in this church where you're walking around thinking, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know the answer. I don't know how to fix this. Oh, Lord God, there, there's a weapon up here in this altar that I prayed for. I said, Lord, let there be a fire starter in this church that'll get in this altar and grab that weapon of praise and begin to swing it in this church and break out in revival like they've never had before. Break out in a shout, my Lord. Some of you, oh Lord, some of you, 
would do to get out and to move a little bit and to let the Holy Ghost save you and to let the Holy Ghost heal you. It's okay to get undignified. It's okay to look crazy. We Pentecostal. That's what we do. It's okay to lose your hair a little bit. Men, it's okay to act a little foolish in the spirit. It's okay to move around because that's a weapon we need right now. Oh, oh, Jesus. I lift your hands right now for the Holy Ghost. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Lord God, some of you don't know the work. You don't know the work that got put into the weapon that is God's trying to give you right now. You don't know the sacrifice that went into that weapon that God is trying to put in your hands right now. Oh, you don't know how much suffering the generation before you went through to get that weapon into your hand. Oh, we need old-fashioned Pentecost right now. That's it, that's it. We need old-fashioned Pentecost right now. Oh, Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.